Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. So I decided recently I have to do something good for myself. You know, I'm flipping through the uh, TV. I'm looking on Netflix in my... Uh, my list of shows that I've watched recently from Son of Sam to Murder Next Door to <laughs> Lady Killers, Death Row Confessions. We all, when they look at our Netflix search history, look a bit like serial killers at times. Oh, yeah. I, I had to change it up. So I had noticed in CNN every now and then uh, they will uh, put together a series of documentaries. They did uh, something on the Windsors that I watched. It was quite good. They really are well done as a news outlet. I guess they should be pretty good at putting together a documentary. Right. And they have one on the, just like the decades, too, like the 70s, yeah. the 80s. and that, Yeah, yeah, they do one on stand-up comedies and mm. the history of sitcoms and uh, stand-up comedians and the history of sitcoms. Yeah, they've done some good stuff. And now they've got one on the, uh, the story of late night. And it's only two episodes in. And the first one was just the, the story of how it got going. You know, somebody at NBC decided, hey, we've got this time before we switch to... Fuzz, because that's what used to happen with the TV. Like, right, yeah. It's hard to imagine now that at like 11.30 or midnight, <laughs> there would be a picture of the Canadian flag, the anthem, and then it would just go to Fuzz. Nothing. Yeah, but, um, but back then that's the way it worked, and so somebody figured out, hey, we can make some money here. And uh, so they got started with uh, a few people prior to Carson becoming the king, of course, and uh, the second episode's about that, but it's really quite interesting, and I'm looking forward to... Uh, to seeing the uh, the parts of the battles between Letterman and Leno, that's when the late night wars really kicked into high gear back when then. When did you get into late night? Because you've been a big fan for a long time. Yeah, probably high school. And like I remember, yeah. it, I, it my was parents of, were huge into Carson. So oh, really? Yeah, I saw a lot of that. Yeah, mine never were, but it was part of the. Oh, okay. I can. I'm old enough. I can stay up late mm. and, uh, and catch some of this, especially on a Friday night. Or something, but by the time you're old enough to do that, you don't want to be there Sitting watching TV home. on a Friday night. Yeah, now were you a Letterman guy, or did you did you get into uh, any of that? Yeah, Letterman and then Conan, probably. Probably more Conan, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the you know, they all did uh, terrific work. Actually, Conan's leaving TBS, and I think he's going to HBO Max to do something. Mm. Uh, anyhow, yeah, it's all very interesting, although I am a tad confused, and maybe as the uh, series rolls along, because at the beginning they show this montage of all the late-night hosts from everybody that did it. And there's a lot more than I even remember had done it at one point or another. But no Craig Ferguson. And uh, you're mind, a big fan of that. Oh, I thought he was one of the best. I don't think anybody spoke to uh, guests as loosely and easily and lighthearted as he did. I mean, it was brilliant the way he just held a conversation with people. I wonder if there's a bit of a cancel culture with him because of how, you know, kind of misogynistic things got, or at least, you know... Yeah, a lot of, a lot know, of weird sexual forth. tension going on in that show. Yeah, but, you know, it was always very lighthearted. I never saw it as creepy. And even if it did, he would admit to his creepiness, right. you know. But there was like he'd be sitting there and he'd say, you want to touch my leg? And they would. There was a lot of kind of playful back and forth. And mm -hmm. I haven't yet heard one woman, one actress say. No, I've never he heard was, it. I just, I just creepy. No, when you look back and mm. you caught down the YouTube hole. Right. There's a lot of Craig Ferguson being... Uh, a uh, bit, bit, uh, bit, not touchy feely, but certainly risque. I disagree. <laughs> he was brilliant, but maybe, yeah, who knows? I know Letterman and Leno didn't want any part of it, which is, I, I think, odd. They did share through their production company a lot of uh, video and photos and stuff, so they were willing to do that. People who have worked for them are involved, producers and others. So it's not like they've kind of put a ban out to say, listen, everybody hush up about this. Right. 
Maybe the two of them are just tired of talking about it. I mean, it went around and around for so long. And if you remember, you know, Conan getting fired and hired and Leno coming back and leaving and right. all of that. And, and then Arsenio in that mix as well. Of course. Point. Yeah. Well, and I'm interested to hear that part of the story because from what I understand, he was one of the reasons why Carson finally stepped down. He just right. saw the youth coming along and went, ah, I'm too old for this now. Mm. Anyhow, that's uh, that's very interesting, and it gets me away from the serial killers. So. <laughs> Poor Carson. I, I don't understand. They they whoop their arm around, and <laughs> crazy that does kids. everything. They get excited about that. Very interesting part, though, which I never understood or knew, that in the late 60s, certainly 1968, when America was, you know, Vietnam, and they were having all sorts of uh, civil rights movements and a lot of problems in the streets, how he had to balance that, you know, to every night to because he didn't want his show to be political. He wanted right. it to just be entertaining. But at times you got to sit there and go, well, it's no good just to have uh, Burt Reynolds out here laughing about his next movie when there's killings in the streets. You know, I'd be interested so to know goal. if they do something on the role of the sidekick mm. on the late night mm-hmm. show too. You know, like Carson always had Ed. Yeah, um, and you know, while you know some haven't. You know, Conan has always had Andy there. Yeah. Letterman didn't have one. Yeah, uh, but he then had Paul. But he had, had Paul. Paul yeah, they, they kind of brought the band on instead. And Craig Ferguson had a gay robot and a talking horse. <laughs> was not easy for him. <laughs> well, award shows are uh, not doing well these days. Of course, the Oscars had the worst numbers ever. I may never have to wear my gown again with <laughs> things going the way they are. Yesterday, NBC canceled the Globes, the Golden Globes, literally, after a growing list of controversies. Uh, The Hollywood Foreign Press Association has been under fire for their uh, lack of diversity, preferential treatment, misuse of funds, allegations of sexism and abuse. It's not good over there at the HFPA. Tom Cruise apparently is going to return mm-hmm. three Golden Globes he's won as part of the backlash as well. Yeah, others like Scarlett Johansson, Mark Ruffalo, all speaking out. So NBC says, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cancel it this year, but we're leaving the door open for a possible return in 2023 if the Hollywood Foreign Press Association can pull their act together. So, mm. And listen, NBC does better by showing reruns. Of old uh, cop dramas, anyhow, they get bigger numbers than they do during award shows. These right. Days, so. Although the Golden Globes was the one where everyone's getting hammered. So. Yeah. And with Ricky Gervais when he was hosting it. It was great. It was pretty fun. Yeah, it was good. Do you remember the movie Pretty in Pink? It was one of the classic teen rom-coms of the 80s. Right. Well, it was originally supposed to end with Molly Ringwald's character, Andy, hooking up with Ducky. Of course, who was played by John Cryer. Oh, okay. And that would have left Andrew McCarthy's Blaine out in the cold. But if you remember, it ends with uh, Andrew and uh, Molly having a big passionate kiss there at the end when they finally hook up. Well, Andrew says he didn't even read the script until he was on the plane to Los Angeles to start filming. And when he got to the end, he wanted to quit. He says, I was shocked that Blaine turned out to be so spineless. When I landed, I called my agent and said, you got to get me out of this movie. This guy's a jerk. He's just a wimpy loser. But since he had already signed on, it was too late. They did shoot that original ending, but test audience hated it so much, so they booed. And then they reshot with Molly and Andrew's characters ending up together in Ducky. Hmm. So, yeah, I guess that was kind of the first time we were ever introduced to a John Cryer. Do you think he's gone through life? I mean, I'm sure, that, you know, listen, the, the part got him... Uh, acknowledged and, and uh, became a, a bit of a star. But to go through life with a character named Ducky. Right. <laughs> you know, Clint Eastwood is Dirty Harry. You got Rocky, uh-huh. Creed, Adonis Creed, Ducky. 
Listen, it, it, it paid a lot of bills. I'm mm, sure it did. And it also got him a, a, a massive start. When you consider what he's gone on to do as yeah. well, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, two and a half men for a long run. I think he's on like Supergirl or one of those like sci-fi shows. Yeah, now, he too. always works. He's one of those guys who's always working. Yeah. He's always showing up in something. Well, and, and you know what? It always you know kind of amazes me. If you, if you don't look at just the stars of movies, you look at the background. Mm-hmm. Right to see like like some of the actors that are there, they're like they they just need everyday people, mm-hmm. right? Like you know, you can look at someone who and just say, well, boy, how did they even get into acting as their as their profession? And they they've probably done all right if you can mm-hmm. find their IMDb just by being you know salesperson too. Yeah. Well, another example of someone from that movie was the the woman who owned the record store in Annie Potts. She's gone on to do tons of stuff since right. that movie. Currently in uh, playing the grandma on Young Sheldon, but she was uh, she was always showing up and stuff. And that's yeah, that's probably the the height of fame you want, where you're making a great living, you're mm-hmm. working all the time, but you're not on the front of every tabloid, and you're not you know you can come and go and please and live your life and be fairly well left left alone when you want to be. Right? Yeah. Uh, how do you know you've got too much damn money? Well, when you can build a yacht that's so big it needs a supporting yacht. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, his main yacht that he's building, this $500 million yacht, will be 420 feet long. It's a sailing yacht, so it has three giant masts on it. One, and that's one of the reasons it needs a support yacht, because the masts mean that the main ship won't have room for a helipad. And as we all know, every yacht needs a helipad. Well, he's... He's got to get there in less than 24 hours, so <laughs> you got to get there overnight when you're with Amazon. That's right. You know you got a lot of dough when your yacht needs a yacht. That's crazy. Are you kidding me? So he's building a $500 million yacht, mm-hmm. but because it doesn't have room for his helicopter, he needs another he's got to have another one. A support yacht. Somehow support, emotional support animals. Right. He's got and, a support yacht. And yet his drivers have to pee in bottles. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. And it could be the return, lucky, of Benifer. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are back together again. They spent a week at a resort in Montana, and a source says they were alone, just the two of them. Yeah. TMZ says they were acting very much like a couple, and when they returned to L.A. on Sunday, they went straight to Jennifer's house. However, Radar Online claims that Jennifer has already redumped Ben after deciding he's not husband material. Supposedly, Ben got caught hitting up a younger woman on a dating app and was... Uh, oh, come on. Well, now that story's floating around because him and uh, Chandler from Friends... Right, Matthew Perry. They both were caught on this dating app talking to underaged women. Yeesh. Yeah, and both being a little creepy with them. Although, Chandler wasn't being that bad. I mean, he wasn't sitting there going, would you like to date me? <laughs> He, uh, he was just asking her about why she flipped her hair the way she did. I mean, he was saying it kind of, uh, you know, I guess trying to be a little flirty with mm. her. But he wasn't, you know, being... But I guess just talking to someone underage is, is the problem. For Probably sure, not a good idea, no. 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 So... Unless you're Matt Gates. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and then your entire party believes it's fine. <laughs> Unbelievable. So I guess we're about a week away or so from seeing a sea of... Uh, Austin Matthews, John Tavares jerseys, or if you haven't bought a new one recently, like a Rick Vive. <laughs> <laughs> All those guys who just hang on oh, to yeah. a classic. 
It's an eye of Frady, man. Thing of beauty. Uh, and, you know, there was a time, uh, and because of this pandemic, it's, it's, it is what it is. The NHL has had to uh, pivot and do what they need to do. And some people, many, I'm assuming, are still enjoying the game. But, man, there used to be that buzz in the air as we made our way to uh, NHL playoffs, especially if the Leafs were in. Mm. You know, all the restaurants, the patios, game night. Yeah. You'd see all the excitement down around the Scotiabank Arena. It was really a, you know, it was just just a happening scene, exciting to be around. Especially if, you know, what we're staring at right now is a Leafs-Habs first round oh, great. playoff series. How good would that be in normal times? <laughs> it would have been absolutely fantastic. You see the, you know, those great car flags and all mm-hmm. that going. Uh, a battle amongst that. Now it's just, a, it'll be turned into a Facebook battle. Yeah, and from, all from people who were there when they won it the last time. And I guess we uh, we wouldn't have seen this, and we didn't get to see it. But uh, going back to ninety two, ninety three, that would have been when Montreal went and won, right? They swept they LA four, right? Yeah, didn't yeah. they sweep LA four straight or something? But that was our opportunity, I think, to face. We could have faced them had we beat LA mm. in the Stanley Cup final. Gary Fraser. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, it's a shame. Listen, I I always love the excitement of playoff hockey, and uh, and I will watch, of course, if the Leafs uh, certainly they've had a hell of a season, but uh, it's just such a bummer. I, I know you got to win today, and if you can, you do, and then maybe there's next year. And isn't it just a kick in the pants that Leaf fans have w- waited this long? And they're, they're, the team is probably the best it's ever been in decades. Yeah. I, it, it, the asterisks yeah. will, uh, will forever kind of mark this season. Although, you know, listen, you know, talk to the Tampa Bay Lightning mm. uh, who won it last year. And they'll say they won the Stanley Cup. It's got mm-hmm. their name on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's still a Stanley Cup. I mean, it's still a playoff win. You still have to win four rounds of playoffs. Yeah, but if you've ever been to Tampa, pandemic or not, down around that arena, it's all the same. <laughs> they don't care. They just don't care about the lightning. Many people believe this pandemic has made them smarter. Huh. Now, look, at I've spent the last year and a bit just binge-watching bad TV. Right. But other people, I guess, have actually been uh, learning stuff. Think um, so? Yeah, well, people are asked and they feel the pandemic has changed our personality in one way or another. We're open to trying new things. Some have added a trendy hobby, cool hobbies, including things like at-home workouts, baking bread, making TikTok videos. I know the lovely Maria has gotten into making charcuterie boards. She's gotten all this wood from our buddy Doug Summers. Okay. Uh, these uh, cherry trees or whatever he had, and she's got the slabs, and she's out there in the garage sanding away, staining them. And seems to be enjoying herself. I, for the life of me, unless I'm forced into something, <laughs> I would never go and say, I'm going to learn how to play chess. Uh, I, I don't want to learn new things. Right. Unless someone sat me down and said, I'm teaching you chess and force me into it, then I would do it. But I could never think, and I, and I applaud Maria for doing it. Maybe she's just in the garage trying to get away from me. Meanwhile, that was my place to go drink and get away from her. <laughs> you ever go tell her to turn the sander down because it's I haven't loud? Yet. I haven't yet because it's not that bad. I just crank up the Sonos in the living room and drown her out. But I, uh, yeah, but it seemed like even golf, like I took it up because I was forced uh, through a work thing. I had to go to this tournament and I had never played before. Right. But have you ever picked up a hobby just for the sake of trying something new? Uh, I guess I, I don't know about a hobby that way, but I've tried things. 
<laughs> well, and, and like, you know, like, I think a lot of people uh, have considered home improvements mm. throughout the pandemic, if you can get materials for it yeah. or afford the materials for it. But yeah, it said, okay, well, if you've been waiting to tile a bathroom and, and figure you don't want anyone in your house or you can't have anyone over mm. now to do it, maybe you'll just learn to do it yourself. I have a buddy. He will remain nameless. He's a good guy. One of the most patient human beings I've ever met in my life. He's been married for almost as long as me. And I don't know how he's done it. His wife is a very nice lady. But she loves to do home improvement projects. Mm. The problem is she needs help with it. You know, right. She wants to retile a bathroom. She needs somebody to hold tile or... You know, scrape grout or do whatever it is you do when you put up tiles. Remove the old tiles. Get a dumpster, you know. And she's constantly doing these home improvement projects. And he's constantly roped into helping her. (laughs) I I wouldn't survive. (laughs) Maria knows. Look, you want to make charcuterie boards? That's your thing. Don't ask me to come out and help stain them all. Right. I'm not doing that. Don't ask me to go to the store to buy you more sandpaper. <laughs> I'm, if, 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 if it's your thing, it's your thing. I love to cook. Okay, there maybe there's the hobby I took up. Gotcha. I love to cook. I don't send her to the grocery store to get me peppers. Yeah. That's my problem. <laughs> and he, like the jobs, lucky the things, I'll call him. I'll be like, what are you doing? I'm removing rocks from the backyard. Oh, man. We're redoing the, the grass. Like, well, why don't you just have her remove the rocks if she's so determined to put down new sod? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> like some make effort. Like if some Adrian, too much effort. Yeah, maybe do no effort. Like if Adrian, if Adrian takes on a project, right? I just think if this is your thing, I'll say this to Marie all the time. If it's your thing, it's your thing. It doesn't have to be my thing. Mm-hmm. There's stuff we have in common, things we enjoy doing together. But I don't. You know, I don't force her to do things that I want to do necessarily. Why should I be forced into doing anything I don't want to do? Right. Like, does, has Adrian ever taken on projects and then somehow become your problem? Uh, she's probably still asleep. Don't worry. You can say what <laughs> no, you want. No, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think back to the last thing. She's got a. She's got a habit <laughs> of. Uh, uh, of, and we always say these words, you know, how hard can it be? Mm. And no, they don't become mine. Because, like, her things would be like baking a cake sure. for someone, right? Okay, or, yeah. or making a special gift for someone. Right. How and hard can it be? How hard can it be to, right. you know, put together this you know, thing? And then, you know, she's convinced she's got it wrong the mm. entire time she's doing it. Right. Sure, she's doing a great job. It's a cake. It's going to taste <laughs> fine. It tastes good. You know, if right. it doesn't look professional... Right. You're not giving it to Martha Stewart. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. I mean, people will, I believe, appreciate the gesture of something homemade uh, that's, you know, an effort has been taken to give them a gift. But I, I steer clear mm. when I try my best to steer clear when these things are happening. I'll offer some help sometimes, but I know she doesn't want my help because I'm not going to do it to the standard that she wants anyway. That's that's probably true as well. Like, there's been certain times where Maria's decided that she wants to take all the family photos and download them to an external hard drive or something, right? And she'll get started, and then some tech issue will happen where all of a sudden all the photos have disappeared, and there's right. chaos, and now i got to step in and try to... And you know me, I'm no good with that <laughs> stuff either. Say, what are you going so to the do? The two of us are standing there in the living room <laughs> screaming at one another that we don't know why the photos have all disappeared. <laughs> right. You know, th- this type of thing. But yeah, 
My, well, this buddy of mine, he was the one, I told you the story, that he had made himself the great big pot of chili, was so excited to watch the Grey Cup. Right, yes. Got ready. He, this is his day. He loves the CFL. This is his day. This is his Christmas. She knows this. She decides an hour out that the lamp over the kitchen table, the chandelier, has to be swapped out for a new one. <laughs> she then kills the entire power of the house and can't figure out how to get the... I, this was pre-marriage. This, they were just engaged and living together. I wouldn't have made it to the altar. Eventually, we're going to end up probably back in our, our work and office or warehouse environments at some point. And so this is just, I think, a little refresher. Somebody shared this, and I thought it was good. Things that you probably shouldn't be saying to coworkers or to employees. Okay. Things like, you can do better than that. <laughs> I mean, I hear that at home. <laughs> I don't need it at the office. No, she knows you can't do better. That's <laughs> all I've got. I've given 100%. Uh, it sounds like the type of thing a parent would say to a kid. And, mm. and you're, you know, you're not. You're all adults. So uh, treat people as if they are an adult. I, I actually like that idea. Makes it, it's a backhanded compliment that right. basically, basically says you so rarely come up with a good one. <laughs> of all the crap ideas you have. <laughs> That's right. This is the best one. <laughs> Starting a sentence with, everyone knows this already. Mm. Because some don't know. And now you're making them feel dumb yeah. or inferior. Really condescending. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> I say that a lot. A lot. Especially to me. <laughs> well, part of it is not that I'm wishing you luck. It's just that I want nothing to do with the idea. So good luck with all that. <laughs> but you could say something like, you know, hey, that sounds really interesting. It might be tough, but I wish you well. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Like, remember when I was writing my Twitter novel? Good luck with that. Yeah. And how that turned out. I got about four twits in, tweets in, <laughs> and I gave up. Twit is appropriate. Yeah. Uh, and you're missing my point. Mm. It implies it's 100% their fault. Right. And uh, perhaps you're just not explaining yourself well enough. Just because you got an M on the door. Right. You know. Boy, as much as, you know, there are many people who are fearing having to go back to work and even contemplating not doing it. Mm. You know, like quitting their job if they're forced to go back into the work or office yeah, environment. I find that hard to believe. I As well, you know, not exactly the time to be giving up on paychecks. Mm -hmm. and, and if there's not a heck of a lot out there, some have other options, mm -hmm. some might not. But boy, for us, it's the other way around. Like, we've been here the entire time i think we're more afraid of other people coming back to this environment <laughs> it's a little haven in here right now <laughs> like more importantly bosses and yeah. people you know yeah. the amount of the amount of meetings that have turned into emails mm -hmm. over the last year of this pandemic you know i hate to have to see them go back could you imagine too the conversation the very uncomfortable conversation that would occur in a house in a household if one person has been an essential worker this entire time. Right. Going and doing every single day. And your spouse says, I don't think I want to go back to the accounting office. <laughs> I don't want to have to mingle with coworkers. I think I'm going to quit and go find myself. Oh, you'll find yourself. <laughs> you'll find yourself on the curb. Good luck with that. <laughs> rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.